Hello, and welcome to episode 223 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. In this episode, we have a review of X-Men 1 from 2021. Your creative team on this book is writer Jerry Duggan, art by Pepe Larraz, colors by Marte Garcia, and your letters are by Clayton Clouds, and your editor is Jordan White. This is your spoiler alert for X-Men 1. Uh, from 2021. I guess maybe we should throw in light spoilers for the the end of the Hickman run um, that preceded this. Um, this is Matt and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. So Noah, um, I'm not sure, were you current on all of the, the X stuff? So this is your sort of foray back into the X stuff, right? Yeah, this is my foray. I hadn't read much outside of like, I, I kind of would pick up an issue here and there of the Hickman run. Um, you know, as you know, obviously we went through all of the the Hoxpox stuff, and um, that stuff was great, and it was enough for me to get invested in the first couple issues of X Men. But then it just if I fell off afterwards, and I it's not like I didn't like it; I liked what it was. But I I, I really need to go back and now that I know that the Hickman run is over. Um, but what I like about this issue um, is that it kind of feels like a nice. Uh, successor to that Hickman run like it doesn't feel too different and it's but it doesn't feel like Duggan's trying to imitate Hickman in any way either like it feels like it feels like it's playing into Hickman's strength as a storyteller as much as it was like you know Hickman's strengths when he was doing it originally um, yeah so I, but I really like this issue and I think also having um, LaRaz come back to start off this run is a great choice too yeah, uh, Hickman is still listed as uh, head of X in the uh, the credits page. Um, I I would love to be able to to get a job title as as head of X, but that that's what he's listed of. So I wonder how much of maybe like a series bible or an outline, you know, he gave uh, to to Duggan to sort of uh, carry on some uh, plot threads. Yeah, I wonder because I was like the uh the blurbs in the middle feel like they're written by hickman mm -hmm. like all the like the 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 sort of like recap uh not it's like about halfway through the book there's the recap just to explain what the um the treehouse is and how it got there and then there's the the article at the end written by um written by um ulrich yeah that doesn't feel like it was written by hickman that feels like it was written by duggan but that like, it's sort of interesting because, like, I love Hickman, as you know, um, but, like, my mind starts to wander sometimes if I'm reading some of his text-heavy he stuff, and I'm, like, like I start to, like, sort of fade, like, and I'm, like, oh, I gotta go back and reread the paragraph, and I was doing that on the recap of the Treehouse thing, but I wasn't doing it later with the Ulrich article, so I knew, I was, like, this is written by Duggan right here because, <laughs> I, like, my, my mind is not trailing off at all while I'm reading this, Um but I don't know. I'm not a writer, so I don't know why that is, but it's just sort of an effect that um, Hickman has on me. No, I would agree with you. I, um, when I get to those text pieces, I know that they're important. Um, and I, uh, I will like maybe like a paragraph or two, I'll be sort of really intent in reading them. And then by the time maybe I'm third, fourth paragraph in, I'm starting to be like, okay. And sometimes the, the design of the, the form like I, I start looking at that with all of like the graphics and uh, they, they don't do it here, but sometimes they retract information and stuff like that. And then I'm yeah. like, then I'm trying to figure out what was retracted and I'm just sort of all over the place. But 
Um, so you weren't uh, very current on on X Men. I read the the Hickman run. Um, I wasn't really reading um, a lot. I guess the only Hellfire uh, Gala stuff that I was reading was the stuff that was in the regular X-Men book and maybe a little bit that was in New Mutants. Um, and that's when I found about the whole terraforming of, of Mars thing, sort of in the last issue of that, they talk about that a lot. So that must've been a surprise for you, right? Yeah, it was. And um, at the same time, like they, they don't, it's not like it's, I don't know, they do a good job of uh, Claremonting it, I guess, where it's like integrating the background into the story so that if you're jumping on at this number one, you're not in the complete dark, which is mm -hmm. nice. They do that with the Ulrich article, but they also do that with some dialogue at the beginning of the book and in the middle of the book and everything, just to remind you where things are at, which is really cool. Uh, the, uh, the 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 terraformed Mars is called Araco, right? That's what yes. it's called? Yes. I wonder if that's a Dune reference to Arrakis. Um, that's sort of what I was thinking. I was like, oh, is that a Dune? Is, uh, is that Hickman, you know, tipping his cap to... Herbert I mean that would be cool but yeah yeah I I'm trying to think there was like sort of at the end of the Hickman run there was like a summit where they brought a number of representatives um you know from various X related clans um this is sort of talk about like the uh the sovereignty of Mars um because like the X-Men are claiming it as their as their own um and I believe like Storm shows up uh, as like the X-Men's representative and she's the one that like gives them the name if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, this sort of continues where, where that left off, which is, which is, which is, which is good. So I think they do a number of things well here in that um, if you went whatever the last issue of uh, X-Men was into this, you, the, the story continues for you. Um, but if you're a reader and you're like a lax, x-men reader and you come back you're like oh an x-men one i want to pick it up the sort of first uh three to four pages where we're introduced to this uh this character that's uh um i guess maybe he was thinking about terraforming um mars and the in the x-men sort of beat him to it in sort of like corporate uh one-upsmanship um and then then we go to the to the treehouse but yeah. Um, so what were your thoughts about how they sort of give us that information about the, the terraforming of Mars there early on? I like how they tied it to the villain. Mm -hmm. I mean, potential villain for one of the potential villains for this series. Uh, I mean, not the potential villains. He seems just to be like one of the, the rogues gallery that will be included in this series because there are some others that were introduced later in the book. But yeah, I like that. I liked how they Duggan sort of introduced the, the the big main story point of Mars into sort of why this guy is probably going to go after the X-Men mm -hmm. or maybe we'll start working against them. It was cool to sort of, uh, you get like all of the villain stakes at once with like, you get like his external stakes, obviously with him terraforming Mars and that being taken away. And that's something that he wants. You have his like internal stakes of wanting to prove himself to be a success and then that's like tied to his emotional stakes of wanting to feel like he's not a failure to his parents. So I like that. Like you get all of that in like three pages. Yeah, yeah. One, two, like three pages. That's amazing right there that you get like a full villain backstory without it being like, you know, a beat for beat, like origin story in those first three pages. So I really like that. What, what did you think? 
Yeah, it was good. It it, it introduced it introduced him. Um, we have you know background of him. We sort of have his motivations, but it's also um, putting the chess pieces in play, at least as far as like the the off world stuff. So mm-hmm. he accomplishes two things there in three pages. You know, new new villain with a backstory, um, motivation, and the whole Mars thing is is put on the table very early to let you know. This is kind of what was happening in those other X books. This is still happening here. We're, you know, not abandoning it and taking it, you know, left turn and 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 going away from it. Um, so I thought that was handled really well because yeah. I, I would I would think like a an issue one is very tricky in that. Uh, I mean, if it's a clean reboot, you can do whatever you want. But they this is not this is not a clean reboot. This is taking bits and pieces of of the hickman stuff again he's still listed as as head of x um so it was handled really well so so we do that um we get our our graphics page with the uh sort of the the new team uh the new kids on the block um and then the the reveal of sort of a, a a new location um the the treehouse the uh the, the the base of operations for the X-Men in New York. Um, so again, we're, we're establishing uh, an Earth location here. Um, what did you think about the page turn and um, building these story points? Just awesome. It's sort of like, it's been two years, I guess, since we went through Hawks Pox, but this has sort of made me nostalgic for that, where I was like, ah, oh, that's right. I love that series because of LaRaz's artwork, you know? Yeah. So you turn that page and you get this like, you get uh, a great contrast of the sort of like merging of nature and technology with the Krakoan treehouse and then with the New York skyline in the background. So again, it like, it makes it feel like there's this great like familiarity, but alien aspect to Krakoa. That's so great with the blending of the two. Um, it's really awesome. And it's such a great splash page. And um, we get some really great art in these first couple of pages establishing the treehouse, and you really get a good sense of the geography and sort of what it represents in the middle of New York, which I think is really cool. But yeah, what are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like it. Um, again, uh, it's a it's a new establishment. Um, the the in the Hickman stuff and the Hoxpox stuff, Krakoa was sort of this. Well, it wasn't sort of this. It was sort of an not sort. I've said sort of again. It was an island removed of all the other um, Marvel heroes and villains. I mean there were still invasions and stuff like that, but they had those gates and they could basically control who was coming in. So it was a safe haven for them. But now this is putting them in the thick of it, you know, Marvel universe, New York, you gotta be, you gotta have some sort of stake in, in New York. So I thought that that was good too. Krakoa is still there. Um, I'm sure they have the ability to, to use the gates, but this is expanding the world. It's, it's not all of the X-Men sort of, um, using Krakoa as the sanctuary to, to rebuild themselves. They, they, they still have it, but now they have another spot outside. Um, I guess Mars will probably see a little bit more of that, but I thought that was good. And, you know, Marvel heroes in, in New York city, that's just a thing that's gotta, gotta be. That's also gotta be nice for people, like you said, who are sort of coming into this from not having read X-Men, maybe even since before Hawks Pox, to have something familiar to be like, yeah, of course the X-Men are in New York. Yeah. And maybe that raises questions for them to be like, okay, why are they not in the mansion or something like that? Then maybe that'll make them go back. But I don't think it distracts from like 
you have the characters also there to ground the story. So, you know, Scott is still Scott. Even Ulrich is still Ulrich, you know, like when he comes up here, if you're at all familiar with Marvel, like he's still that like balanced voice, you know, who Mm -hmm. like just is sort of determined to get the truth and sort of isn't, isn't, doesn't shy away from being critical of heroes, which is really cool. So yeah, I really like this whole sequence and um, love the setup of the tree. Yeah. So I'm wondering if the, the decision to have the Hoxpox art main Hoxpox art team, you know, LaRaz and Garcia um, was strategic in that they probably knew that Hoxpox was, was a big seller. And if anybody fell off, uh, but then they see the cover images and they see that they're going to be like, Oh, that's, that was the stuff that I loved two years ago. Um, let me get back on it. So there's probably a little bit of, you know, moving pieces and, and putting art teams together. And, you know, we both gushed over how much we really like the art. So it was great to, to return to that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, Ben's there. He has a, he has a, um, a bit of a dialogue with, um, with Cyclops, which allows us to, to fill in a bit more of the story. Um, you know, Scott goes into the uh, into the treehouse through the gate, has a conversation with um, with Gene. So now we're we're seeing like sort of the inner workings of the treehouse, where before it was everything was outside. Now we're now we're inside. Gene sort of um, you know keeping an eye on things and Forge and who is this other guy? This other guy is um, Cinch. Cinch are sort of the looks like the 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 IT and tech guys going through and sort of connecting all the you know the wires and servers to get them up and running so it's sort of a a way to to meet the team yeah yeah i like that and i like um forge only pops in for just that one panel yeah that was really cool to see him because again he was a big he was a not a big part of hawks box but he was like he had a huge section devoted to just him and how he was sort of an integral in the uh in the mutants migrating to krakoa yeah. And him building an infrastructure there. So since I think Cinch is also like a technopath, since he seems to be able to communicate with machines and like build things really fast, which is pretty cool. Um, but I, I, I'm excited to talk about that uh, double page spread with like the x-ray of all the different, um, all the different rooms and, 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 and like sanctums of the, of the tree. What did you think of that splash page? Uh, I really liked it. I, and like, I, I read it and then this is one of the times where I, I stepped back and I, I looked at the design of it um, after I read it. Um, so Polara shows up um, and basically, you know, Scott takes her on a tour of the treehouse and explains everything, which allows us as readers to follow along and see the, uh, you know, the, the inner workings of the treehouse. So, it's a clever way of explaining, allowing us to see diagrams and they sort of walk down through the house, left to right, sort of spiraling um, around it. So I thought it was really well. And then yeah, there is a sort of a diagram of the house or the tree house. So I thought that was really, really good. Again, like I said, I, I read the, I read the, all the panels went through them. Um, and then I was like, all right, let me take a step back and look at how they designed this, this two-page splash show. Um, you said you were excited about to talk about it, so I'm going to turn it over to you for a little bit. Well, I was just going to talk about just how it doesn't feel very – it's like 
it's crowded yet it's not crowded you know like there's so much dialogue on this page but it doesn't feel like it's overcrowded with dialogue and then it doesn't feel like the art is so busy where you don't get the nice negative space where you get to experience the form of the tree and also its surroundings so there's like there's enough space for it to breathe mm -hmm. so it's just as and then of course like you said the spiraling design of the panels like you know sort of going from left to right and then back right to left and then all the way back down off the page is just beautiful um yeah it, it was like one of those pages that you're like yeah this is why it was like you know i mean you were nice enough to give me the digital code but this is sort of like the page where it's like yeah this is why you paid five dollars for it or something like that you know yeah um, it's really good yeah yeah so um from there um the they do another thing um you know, this is this is after all a superhero comic, so we mm -hmm. have to have the fight. Um, so so Gene's getting a call. Um, there's there's one member of the or not. There might be a couple more members, but there's a major member of the team that we haven't uh, seen yet. So Gene is sort of tracking an object that that's flying in. So she sort of has her telepathic connection the rogue. So. Um, we turn the page and, and Rogue is tracking this, this fireball. So this is, you know, we, we haven't had a lot of action up until this point. You know, we, we've had a lot of explaining um, done very well, either through, you know, a reporter coming or a tour through the, um, the treehouse. So we're, we're caught up to, to, to speed there. And now it's time for us to have a, have a superhero fight. So, so we turn the page and uh, Rogue is uh Rogue is uh, tracking this fireball. This is a, but that fireball is doing a bit of a uh, uh, Batman versus Superman, just uh, going through uh, skyscrapers uh, indiscriminately. Uh, so, um, but uh, I, I really like this. Um, you know, I, I like Rogue as a character, um, and uh, I, I thought that this was this was fun to just sort of give us some superhero action for a while. So, your thoughts? Yeah. Oh yeah, I was like. I, I loved that, yeah, that Batman versus Superman shot of the asteroid flying through the building. That was really cool. And to have that in the background and, and uh, storm in the foreground. I think I made this comment a lot when we were going through Hawks Pox, but that feels like a real like X-Men guide image, like when like on a Rogue page where like you open it up and it's like, here's Rogue and like she has the power of flight. Like this is that perfect image to show. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. And then, but uh I love, 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 love the design of the um, of the monster that they fight, and uh, it's so cool. It's so alien, and again, it's sort of um, it's kind of cool because it's a lot like Krakoa in that way, and that's sort of an interesting uh, visual symbolism there, where it's like Krakoa is sort of mysterious with its like blend of technology and nature, and this is sort of has the same elements to it as well, where it's like it's a machine, but there's sort of like this like organic feel to it, which is mm -hmm. really creepy. And I think that's sort of, we talked about that in Hawks Pox is that that was sort of the creepy thing about Krakoa is like the organic and like uh, set like technologically intelligent parts of it. So I really like how that, that was shown. They obviously explain what it is later on, but I really like sort of the, uh, the, the design coherence and my dog is breathing into the mic right now. So no worries. Uh, yeah, I thought the the monster was very cool. It's uh, it's a combination of maybe um, 
what is the movie um, where the uh, the mechs fight the the kaiju's Pacific oh, Pacific Rim, Rim. Pacific yeah. Rim meets a little bit of like Lovecraft uh, put together. Um, so I thought it was really cool. Um, so so Rogue is there first, um, and she sort of gets uh, battered away. It looks like she goes through about three or four. Uh, you know, comp, uh, housing complexes on her own. Yeah. Um, but then the, 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 the rest of the team, uh, jumps in. So now we have all of our team members making their sort of heroic, uh, drop in and, uh, our team is there and is, uh, is ready to fight. Um, yeah, uh, I love those. I love that panel at the bottom, that wide one where you said where she gets thrown through all the, the buildings. And I like how it ends on the tree. Yeah. Again, just to sort of like, that's such like a cool lead into the next page with all the superheroes coming from that direction. Again, like just the extra elements that LaRaz goes to, like he doesn't have to, you know, remind us of where everything is or like set up a geography because, you know, comics are hard to draw, you know, but he does. And that's just so cool about it. And then, yeah, this next page is just epic um, with the superheroes flying at us. Yeah. So, so the team is together um they 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 try a couple of things um uh, i guess they try to wrap it in in metal um polaris being the the son or the daughter of of magneto um has some of those powers um but also there's sort of this uh psychic uh blast that's sort of giving everybody a, a headache um around them oh i got you no no they 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 cocoon themselves in metal to try to uh, get away from the the psychic blast to sort of regroup. That's that's what happens. Yeah, exactly. Which will lead into something else. Um, so, uh, you know, they 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 have a bit of a, a like a team meeting inside this uh, this metal ball that they that they form for themselves. They 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 make a plan, um, and and they go back to to attack the the monster. Uh, with a very cool uh, page turn reveal that they've created their own mech to take this thing on. Um, so that was that was pretty exciting. I, I don't think you see a lot of that in, in X-Men books. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I guess it looks like they're they're a bit Voltron as well because it looks like they're in various uh, sections of it. Um, yeah, looks super cool. I mean, the, the the fiery X on the on the chest is is cool. Um, your thoughts, uh, page turn, seeing a, an X Men controlled mech. Oh, it was like it just made me so excited when I did it. I was just like, uh, I, I love it so much. I'm a big kaiju like fan of that thing. You know, I just sort of like the idea of giant giant things fighting each other. And I love the Voltron elements of this too, like where it combines, obviously Cinch and Polaris are the ones that created it using their powers respectively. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, that red X is like where, um, where Sunfire, um, Sunfire is a Starfire or Sunfire? Sunfire, right? Yeah, yeah. Sunfire is housed and he's like, like ready to like, you know, he can like blast, he can use that X to like, look like you know um focus his power out towards enemies and then there's the the red eye in the middle where cyclops can use that to focus like his blast through as well and um yeah like you said then like everybody controls the limb respectively and genes connecting them all psychically so that they can all control the mech it's so cool yeah and yeah. um and then of course we have i mean we'll, we'll get to it obviously but then there's like a 
a very um there's a callback to sort of like what what's great like uh this is obviously laura wolverine um uh x-23 wolverine i mean and they have a very like cyclops that's cyclops uh colossus wolverine moment later where they like have the spot where they can launch her at at the monster which is just great um it's such a cool fight yeah so um the uh the the mech strikes the uh the alien creature that that just dropped out of the sky um and i believe by doing that um the sort of the the psychic um headache that it's been giving everybody is is broken so so the 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 people are are safe in that respect even though there's two giant mechs fighting on the street so there's lots of danger around them uh the the fight continues um one of the arms is ripped off there's a there's a psychic blast um you know fire from the chest or they're trying all of the these various things to 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 take it out um and then you're right uh we get that sort of moment with with laura x23 doing sort of the you know she's a wolverine on her own but it's very much a logan thing to sort of jump rip go inside something and tear it tear it up um and that's what sort of finally uh takes it out so our x-men are are triumphant here um what do you think about sort of the fight you know everybody taking their their shots with their various powers but then it's sort of uh an x-men with you know without the mech that's sort of the final blow to to kill it i love it i mean it's just good x-men action right where you mm-hmm. use everyone's powers no one's there just to be in the background everybody's using their powers everybody's contributing to the fight and then in the end you don't just uh you don't just continue doing what you have been doing right like it's sort of boring when it's like you know, someone's just punching someone and how they beat them is punching them. Like you Mm kind of need that like Raiders moment where it's like he beats the guy in the plane, not by just punching him more. It's by like the guy getting hit by a propeller. That's sort of the moment at the end of this with like Laura being launched into the monster where it's like, it's not just them beating down the guy like with the robot. It's like a finishing move that's unique and cool. And that's really great with Laura. And then I like the, that it's, yeah, of course it's got a great finishing move with her like breaking the panels mm-hmm. as like she's running towards the monster. But then probably my favorite panel on the page is the next one where you see the Marvel Quinjet. Oh yeah. And the fantastic car and the mech is in the middle and there's Laura like raising her hand and like defiant victory over the monster and with like the lens, like the sun um, coming over it. It was just like so cool. Yeah. Great, great action. Yeah, you're right. Uh, part of the, the before the introduction of the uh, the Quinjet and the Fantastic Car is is that uh, uh, Gene is getting radio communications from from Captain America saying they're you know two minutes out. Uh, ben Grimm is like, hey, we're we're almost there, um, but they they uh, they show up too late it's already over so again um i think as we talked about how um bringing the x-men back to new york or having at least have a footprint in new york was important i think it was important here with this x-men is that they expanded the 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 marvel universe we you know we we saw ben yurik yeah he's a minor sort of daredevil thing but then you know again it's like hey 
Avengers are here. Fantastic Four is here. X-Men are, X-Men are here as well. So again, it's just reminding us that there's a larger universe at play because a lot of those X books, you know, Hox, Pox, uh, the X-Men books were there on Kokoa. They were very isolated. So again, um, this is widening the, the scope of things. Yeah, and I like that, but I also like how it shows, um, again, like a cool way of showing that like your characters are able to sustain themselves is to show that like, yeah, they don't need help from anybody else. I thought that was really cool to yeah. have that. Yeah. 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 I'm um, I'm looking at that that panel you're talking about. And like I love the sort of uh the the coloring that that Garcia did with the uh uh the sun burst sort of over the shoulder of the mech and just sort of glowing. Um the the coloring on this book is is great. No surprise. It was it was great on the Hoxpox stuff as well. Yeah, I agree completely. So from there, um, you know, we, we sort of have a down moment where they, they make the decision to, to take pieces of this mech and, and make a lighthouse on Krakoa. So, uh, you know, uh, I think that is a good way of establishing that, you know, Krakoa is still there. They still have a connection to them. They're, they still have the ability to, I don't know if they, how they got this thing, if they shuttled it through a gate to Kokoa, they, they flew it there. Um, so, you know, we still see that. Um, but then we sort of have like a, a, a debrief where they're, um, they're going through sort of, are they going through sort of the, the structure of the, of what, what, what is this being that they're, that they're going through? It's the monster that they just killed. And yeah, they find out that it's like, it's like a machine that like assembled parts of like a dead alien basically into this structure. Yeah. And then they like, it's, it's designed to attack people psychically and then like reproduce on its own and like make more of these machines to do the same. Um, okay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. That's all that boats. What's interesting is that like, I thought that that spot was like had way more like there was like, I thought at least it was like two pages or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But no, it's like one panel. And I was like, wow, that was a lot of information to give off on one panel. And again, not too crowded in the dialogue area and not too cloud- crowded in the art area. It's just, it blows my mind. I'm just like, how, how do you do that? It's just <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, after that, we, we do a page turn and we, we get a bit of a, uh, a scene switch to, uh, to uh to game world where we see that it's sort of this uh this casino um and these uh these beings were betting on if this creature was going to be successful um so this sort of you know we had this monster that was important in that it brought the the team together but it seems like now it it's not yeah it at this point it's not important anymore but it was Mm -hmm. just a it was just a plot or a plot point to to have our heroes fight something, but it's going to connect us to 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 more down the the road. So, what do you think about the reveal that this was sort of a almost like a like a chess game, and let's let's put this sort of piece on this board and see if it's able to take out these other chess pieces. Yeah. Um, and it was all like a a gamble, uh, you know, a move in a in a in a board game in a in a fancy uh, space casino. I love it. I love. Um... I'm not really, I mean, I'm not read a lot of X-Men, but I do love the idea of uh, interstellar sort of scope that X-Men has, you Mm -hmm. know, again, going back to that sort of like Claremont idea of it, that it's not really limited to just, you know, terrestrial storytelling. It's, 
X-Men does cover like things in like outer space, which is great. So I really like that. And um, uh, this has got, it's got a very uh, Canto bite vibe to it. I think this uh, space casino does. And yeah, uh, but I think people will probably be less angry about it in an X-Men versus a star Wars. So, you know, um, but I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. It's, it's really funny to see this little aliens reactions to losing the bets. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's great. And then um, uh, shout out to uh, our, our friend, Jonathan Thompson. I wonder if they ripped him off with the dead astronaut being a house for aliens. I was like, Oh yeah. Um, but that was, uh, I thought that was also a really cool design though. Like I, I really like that this again, sort of the uh again sort of this like thematic design coherency with like something organic coming out of something technological so mm-hmm. like you have this like space suit with this like plant monster growing out of the dead carcass of an astronaut inside it uh yeah really cool designs i, I really like it yeah it was it was interesting um to to see the 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 head of this that grows out of the the dead astronaut skull the the head is very much in the shape of the the creature that that attacked uh that that attacked earth and the x-men yeah i thought that was cool and it was another sort of again uh another added element of the scope of this story so we have another antagonist from outer space coming out here and it's like he just wants to uh this guy just seems to like just want to see uh like um, just wants to see earth die. Basically that seems to be his only motivation. He's just sort of a chaos, chaotic person. Is that um at the bottom, the, the guy in red, is that, um, uh, is that one of the, I the thought Kree? that was, uh, is, is it, it's, it's either the, um, it's, uh, or is it, a, is it one of the guardians that, uh, um, you know, obviously we're supposed to pay attention to him because he gets his own sort of silent panel just sort of brooding and, and sipping on his drink. Um, I'd have to I'd have to look. I don't know if he's a, a guardian or, or a Cree, but obviously they, they take a moment to show him on a wordless panel just sort of glaring. So we know that he's he's there maybe plotting and, and scheming something. Yeah, um, something. Yeah. He uh yeah, I don't think he's Yondu. No. Um but um, isn't there a Cree guy with like a fin for a head and stuff? I'm trying to remember his name. Um, like not gladiator or Roman, maybe Roman. I don't know. Something like that. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, not, sh- I'm not sure. I know that the, like, I'm trying to think, is it the, is it the guardians that really don't like Jean gray because of the, the Phoenix force. So there might still sort of be a, a bitter, you know, Jean Grey became the Phoenix and came and dis- destroyed my my home planet. I'm not sure if he's one of those guys or, or what. Um, um, that would maybe. be cool because Jean's a, a part of this. That'd be really yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. So then we uh, we we you mentioned this earlier. We we get a text piece which is uh, Yurik sort of filling us in on his his visit to the treehouse. Um, then we uh, we turn for sort of our last couple of pages where we 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 go to New Jersey where this sort of organic um, this pod uh, is trying to produce a uh, a body um, that sort of falls out of it. Somebody's watching. Um, 
the body doesn't survive. Um, again, you know, this, this person's watching. Um, and then sort of our last page is uh, the, this experiment seems to have failed. We, we see uh, canisters with uh, um, looks like organic structures in them. And then somebody at a very classic uh, bulletin or attack board with uh, strings and uh, pictures connecting everything. Um, we don't see who this is. We, we see the back of their, their head. They're, they're wearing a helmet. Um, and they also, it looks like a couple of the strings here at the, at the, at the bottom. Um, that's Charles, right? I, I, I don't know. Cause it's like, they have the, they have all that stuff about Jumbo. Yeah. Is Jumbo the, the mutant that gets birthed out of the pod? I don't know Jumbo. I'm not very familiar. That was that was confusing to me as well. So yeah. I was thinking I was thinking that was Charles, and that's not Mora Matagra in that in that photo, is it? Because that would take us back to Hawk's Pock stuff. Because he's yeah. talking about he's talking about how our he he knows that in Kokoa they're able to to regrow mutants, right? The, right. He, he mentions that in his sort of. Uh, inner monologue so I, I thought that was Charles and and Mora um doesn't maybe maybe it doesn't quite look like her I'm just trying to figure out who who those two people are yeah because it definitely looks like it looks like Moira in the second photo and then if you look beyond there's another bald figure mm -hmm. behind her that looks like Charles right there and then yeah you said there's the other bald guy uh who looks like Charles as well um yeah, and then yeah, this is all basically the there's this sort of inner this narration box discussing the rebirth of the mutants, which was in Hawk's Pox about how the pods on Krakoa can bring back yeah. uh mutants. Uh obviously there's like more to it than just that, like you know, being able to resurrect them. There has to be other stuff that happens in order for it to work. So that's one of these birthing pods, and then like it seems like this mutant gets birthed and then killed right away. Mm -hmm. And then there's the narration about just this person trying to figure out how they bring people back to life, which makes me wonder like, okay, so they have one of the pods where someone gets brought back to life. Wonder if this person is trying to unlock the psychic, um, the telekinetic part of it, because part of it in Hoxpox was uh, Charles had to like basically make a backup of their brains before yeah. he could resurrect them. So maybe that's what it is. Like he keeps destroying it because it's not right because their intelligence or their brainwaves aren't the same. So maybe that's what this guy's trying to unlock, this bad guy. Um, that's just a theory, I guess. Uh, no, it makes it makes sense. And I think it does, you know, what a first issue should do. It leaves us on a cliffhanger with with questions to, to make us want to come back and, and, and read more. Like, we have this mysterious figure. What is he after? What is he doing? Um, you know, classic cliffhanger uh, superhero storytelling. So I thought that that went really well. I think structured overall for, for issue one, it's done really well. It's uh, putting the pieces together, it gives us a fight, then it gives us a cliffhanger at the end to, to make us want to come back for, for more. Yeah, I agree. It was a great issue. Uh, love it. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes next. Um, and I hope LaRaz can stick around for more than one issue. But... Yeah. yeah, it would be awesome if they at least get the 
maybe hopefully they had some lead time and maybe they have like the first five or six issues to sort of you know get uh, a consistent feel for for this you know the, the this reboot yeah i like that yeah um also it's kind of making me want to go and since now i know that like there's only like a finite amount it's not like a hundred issues or something like that I, I should go back and read through the hickman x-men stuff and uh read through some of the event stuff that he did as well and try to catch up in the meantime yeah i, th- I feel like it's it's only in the the low to mid 20s and in, in issue numbers it, it was coming out sort of monthly it wasn't like they were, were double shipping it or anything right yeah I didn't read any of the. I don't. I don't think I read any of the X of Sword stuff unless it was in the books that that I was reading. Um, so, but yeah, no, I, I I liked it. I thought they they did a lot of good things. They uh, continued the story for folks that were continuing the story. Um, they gave it a, a jumping on point for people who might have lapsed and probably even if you were a super lapsed uh, X-Men reader and you come back and you have, you have Scott, Gene and, and Rogue sort of, you know, core X-Men. And then you, you have, so the, you have these new X-Men. So there's a little bit of uh, familiarity with, you know, the, the, those three Gene, Scott and Rogue for anybody that was a nineties fan or, or, or even earlier than that. So I, I thought that was a good decision. It's sort of a mix of, you know, for lack of a better term, A-list X-Men and then, you know, a couple of B-list and maybe a, a few C-listers, so. Yeah, it was cool how they, um, I'm, I'm just excited. I've not read a book where like uh, X-23 is the main Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that she's in Ops and Jean Grey and Rogue. Yeah. I like that and I like, uh, uh, I, I mean, I'm always, I, mean, I like a, a fire powered character and um, the tech character. I think it's sort of really functional and, 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 and well done. Um, the assemblage of this team is, is uh, top notch. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see going forward if um, maybe they, they switch back and forth. Um, maybe an issue is Earth-based, Mars-based, Earth-based, or if it's like a trade, you know, five issues of Earth-based stuff, and then a, uh, you know, a five-issue, tr- you know, volume of, of Mars-based stuff. And actually, that would help if you were going to sort of... Um, you know, have another art team, you could have like the Raz and Garcia do like the Earth-based stuff. And I'm just throwing out like uh, Linnell Yu does like the Mars stuff, um, you know, or, or somebody else. Um, and then that way, you know, as the locations change, you can use that art change to delineate it. Hey, we're, we're in a different location as the, as the styles change. Yeah, I'd like that a lot. Yeah. Or even if they did like a reunion, because uh, who was the other team on Hawks Pox was it RB Silva and um uh Garcia I think uh colored it all but you're colored right it like, all? okay yeah so I think uh RB Silva, Silva was um uh was the uh the other artist that was doing I don't know if they they co-mingled on Hawks Pox or one guy was all House of X and one guy was all Powers of Tens but yeah yeah that would be interesting is to that maybe R- have RB Silva handle you know, Mars-based stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'd, be, I'd, do that. I'd be down for that. Yeah. Well, we all know that like, you know, heads of Marvel are probably listening to this yeah. right now, jotting That's it all down. That's why I'm giving my input. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. 
Yeah. The phones are ringing. They're like, oh. RV Selva's picking up his phone to find out right now that he's drawing the uh, the Mars-based uh, issues of, uh, um, of, of X-Men, so. Alan Fine is like, hey, we just listened to the <laughs> podcast. You're in. The guys have given us the approval. Yeah. Is awesome. Alan Fine still in there? I don't even know anymore. I, I, I think he gets listed in the uh, in the early on credits as you know one of those high level muckety mucks that's like a publisher or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, great book. Um, thanks for letting me read it. Yeah, no problem. Um, you know, we'll see how it's going. Uh, maybe we'll let a few build up and, and check in in a, in a couple weeks. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if actually I think. I think there's already an event, X Men event already announced. Maybe like an infer, another Inferno is is announced. So, um, of course, we'll uh, we'll we'll see how it's going. If if one of these uh, you know comes out and is really great, we'll we'll check in, or maybe we'll just do a state of X after like ten or twelve books in a year or so. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. I'd like that. I've cool. I've been missing my X Men on this show. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for the review. Um, so for anybody listening, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter at ConstructComPod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Also check out Modern Mythology, uh, Folklore Retold. Um, there's about a week, uh, maybe a little bit more than a week, eight or nine days at the time of this recording. Um, Noah and I have a story in there called Heart of Steel. It's a sci-fi reimagining of the American myth of, of John Henry, the, the steel driving man. Um, so check that out. I'm going to have a link to the Kickstarter uh, in the show notes. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, please be nice, be safe, and go out there and make some comics. We'll be back very soon. Thank you. <laughs>